Welcome to the podcast. I am Shane Barker, your host of Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the benefits of content marketing with Jenny Dietrich. Jenny is the founder and CEO of Armit Dietrich, a Chicago-based integrated marketing communications firm. She's also the lead blogger for the PR and marketing blog, Spin Sucks, which has been ranked as the top blog by Forbes, Cision, and other reputable sources. She's passionate about writing and has authored two books, Marketing in the Round and Spin Sucks. I'm excited to have her on the podcast. So when we start this off, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about where you started. Like, I know you guys are currently in Chicago, right? You live in Chicago. Yeah. The phenomenal weather right now. Where did you grow up? Did you actually grow up in Chicago? I did not. I grew up in Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. What? What? So yeah. here's the thing. I don't. A lot of people don't know this, and it's not because I don't tell them, or maybe it is because I don't tell them because they don't know it. Do you have? How long were you in Salt Lake? Work? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Now, do you know where Richfield, Utah, is at? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was born there. No kidding. At the Look front at door. That. I know. People like, wait a second. I thought Shane was from California and I am. There was my mom's gonna love it when I tell all of our personal stories through podcasts so everybody can know the stories. But my mom and dad, my biological dad, met in Sacramento, California. They decided to go out to Utah. My mom was there for about two weeks. I was born and we went back in my mom's Volkswagen bug back to California after about two weeks. So So you were there for two weeks. Good. Two weeks plus, yeah. I mean it was about fifteen days was the max. And I, you know, nothing. Wow. I mean, love Utah. We just Richfield. My mom was like a California hippie and she went to Richfield, Utah, which is a little different. And they were like, hey, not California hippie. Why are you not wearing a bra? <laughs> it's kind of right. 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 You can't smoke you. marijuana here. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just had a baby. Like, I can totally smoke marijuana. Now. <laughs> right. oh, you're, like, oh, no. So many unanswered questions. Not in the state. Yeah. That's not good. You probably should put that out. And she's like, well, I'm going to go with my Volkswagen bug. I'll be right back. And then we went back to California. So that's how that story ends. But I do like Utah, Utah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great for visiting. Yeah, 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 for sure. So why did you guys move to Chicago? I went to school in Omaha at Creighton, and then I got a a job at Fleischman Hillard in Kansas City, Mm. and then I moved here in 2001. Gotcha. So you've been, so you're pretty much... In Chicago, we're going to stay in Chicago. Yeah, I was yeah, say. we love it here. It's funny because we talk about we both own businesses and we talk about we could be anywhere, really, but we love it here. So, Isn't that the, that's what I love about, I mean, like kind of what we do is that it's all online based. It's like, you can just go anywhere. Like I've been, you can go I've, anywhere. Yeah, I've been talking about this. I met a guy yesterday at this infamous garage show that I've already complained about and been crying on my microphone about, but there was a guy there that had a, uh, an ambulance at what he did is converted it into like a, you know, whatever. He was traveling all over the U.S. and finally ended up going, he's going to go to Sac State or CSUS here in, in Sacramento. But what's crazy about it is I've been looking at these vans like obsessively for months. Like my wife is like, just go buy a van, please. Like quit looking at these damn vans. Like I'll say, what do you think about this? What do you think about this one? She's like, I don't care. Just get in a van and go and go do whatever you need to do. Go travel the U.S. And she would obviously come out and visit me, but I've literally been looking at these vans all the time. And I was like, look at this guy's ambulance. I'm in the back of an ambulance yesterday, right? This is part of my psychotherapy that I have to go through. But like, and looking at the, the back of it is awesome. Like you just converted it. So anyways, I keep thinking about like traveling like that. And it's so nice because we have that, that flexibility of being able to do my wife is right. Nurse, so right. she works seven days, well, about seven days on seven days off. So she would come visit. So I don't know. You can come visit. Yeah. She can yes. get on a plane and visit you. That's the plan. I actually just read an article, maybe in the wall street journal yesterday that talked about how many people are either there because they can work remote or they run businesses like we do that are going to smaller cities, like mid tier cities, Boise, Austin, places like that, because yeah. it's more affordable and they can be anywhere. 
Yeah, I'll tell you, my dad did a big trip. This was in the 60s, once again, hippies. Went like on his Volkswagen bus, I think he had. And he just went for like 50 states. Him and his buddy went. Um, wow. to travel. Yeah, it had a phenomenal time. So I, I think in the back of my mind, I've, I've been raised with like traveling and stuff. But I think in the back of my mind, I keep thinking about like, God, that sounds like a lot of fun. Of course, it's a little different now that I'm married and my son's in college and stuff. So I'm kind of an, I am an empty nester. But it's just kind of a weird deal. I don't know. Uh, I'm up in, up in the air about it. I know I'm going to do it. I just don't know when I'm going to actually pull the trigger on it. So you never know. So his, the ambulance was all outfitted. Like, does he have Wi-Fi and everything on there? I think he does. Yeah. So what it was interesting, he actually had some really good points. He was like, well, it's an ambulance. So like all of the wiring and stuff is top notch because obviously they can. Oh, sure. Right. And I yeah. About that. If you're buying another one that's used, like I'm assuming that they did the wiring themselves, like they'd have to know what they were doing from a wiring perspective, right? You know, if you're an engineer or an electrician or not. So I don't know. He had some good points. It was a little smaller and he was a younger guy. So, you know, comfort, I don't think was his number one thing. And I'm like, you know, looking at this thing, I'm like, if I laid on that bed, I'm pretty sure that my back would break and then I would bleed internally and I wouldn't even need to wake up, right? I'm just looking at this and stuff, but he was just this young kid, like, oh, I do canoeing, I do this. And I fight bears and like, oh, that's awesome. You know, he's just this young, this young spirit. And of course I'm like, I look at it now, like my wife's like, I'm not going to get one of those unless we have a toilet. I'm like, maybe well, you can go to the bathroom anywhere. She's like, what about the middle of the night? And you know, when you get older, like you have to worry about these kind of things. And when you're young, you're like, pee the bed. Like who cares? I like, am not sure. using a leaf to wipe. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's, it's nature. Like you, you understand your ancestors did that. And she's like, no, I, that doesn't matter. They did a lot of weird things, but because they had to, like we, they had to, yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, so we'll see. My wife's going to listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, keep making fun of me on your podcast. Let's see how that works out. Totally not getting the toilet. Totally yeah, this is good. <laughs> I might be moving to Chicago now. So, yeah, right. With it, your ambulance. It is with my ambulance. But you'll know when I'm coming down. Like, like, oh, Shane's here. Coming to visit. So how big was your family in, in Utah? Do you have a pretty big family? I am the oldest of six. Oldest of six. Nice. Yeah. You guys have a nice yeah. little... Nice little community out there. Is it a pretty, how about family unions, big? You know, it's pretty rare that we all get together, but I think there are, I, w- I have to count. I can't even keep track. There are a lot of nieces and nephews, a gotcha. lot. And then what, do you have any interesting, any fun facts about growing up that maybe nobody knows about you? Like, I don't know, like I used to always tell people, I mean, well, I've done a lot of traveling. Then I went to school in Costa Rica. That was kind of an interesting, actually went to that college. Is- yeah, people were wow. like, well, because of the white skin and the red beard, they're like, there's no way this guy speaks Spanish. And that's true now, but 20 years ago, I was fluent. So you know, I mean, who knew? I feel like you could still be fluent. Isn't that like riding a bike? You kind of just it is. remember well, it. Yeah. And what I realized is if you go to Mexico or Costa Rica, any place the Spanish speaking countries is after your second beer, you are fluent again. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, that it's, it, it's alcohol induced. And so if you yes. have alcohol in your system, then your Spanish becomes a lot better. Now they might not understand you, but you will definitely be Fair. more Spanish. I think that that's the case with any language, really. I mean, if you're in France and you have a couple glasses of wine, suddenly you speak French. We oui, we. Oui. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think it's, people don't realize how easy language is after you, you've had a few cocktails. So exactly. Yeah. Glad we got that out of the way. But so what, what interesting, any interesting facts, anything fun that you're like? Oh, let me think. Fritz, and if there's not, that's fine too. We can, you know. No, I mean, I had a pretty boring childhood. I, you know, I grew up Mormon. I think people know that. I mean, you can assume that. I, I don't know. Nothing too crazy? Really? No. Okay. There we go. And so you are Mormon. Mormon out of Utah. I was raised Mormon. Oh, gotcha. So no, we don't need to get into any of the religious stuff, but okay, cool. So wine. I like wine. Ah, I hear you. I know. That'd be so hard to give. I know. I when I went when I went back to visit my dad in, in Utah, he was like, Hey, you know, the whole beer thing, kind of talking about some stuff that we don't you can't drink beer on, or there's no places open on Sundays to get beer. And I was like, 
that's legal? Like, I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> we we got to go figure that out. We got to go grab a six pack or something. He's like, yeah, I know. We're, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. The family will we'll be here to provide <laughs> we'll for you. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And so, and where did you go to college? I think you already, you already told us you went, it was Ohio? Creighton. Creighton in Omaha. Omaha, <laughs> Omaha Nebraska. Yeah. How was that? Actually, it was great. I went on a full ride academic scholarship, so I didn't have to pay for anything, which was amazing. Hello, but it's a Jesuit school. And so girl, growing up Mormon and then having to take a different theology mm-hmm. course every semester was amazing. And I think that really, not to get into the religion piece of it, but yeah. it really helped me understand that there are other Open your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it helped a lot with that. And I loved it. I learned everything. I learned something about everything, which I love. I think that's important. You know, I mean, that's the thing is when you grow up under any religion, right? I think it's, that's people, and it depends on how, not crazy, but how, how that religion is, right? So sure. you, you think, okay, this is how it is. And then you, I think it's always nice to have other options and see that because I think even as the issue, I think is a lot of kids, they don't, they have, have an opportunity to look at the different options, right? Because right, somebody's right. Like, hey, this is the way that it is. And I get that. And I'm not a heavily, heavily religious person. I'm more of like a spiritual type person. Mm-hmm. But I do believe, I think it's important. I think it's awesome that you were Mormon at a certain point. And then you said, hey, I'm going to go to a, a Jesuit school, right? And then kind of see there's there's two sides, right? There's a lot of different things out there. So, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why I travel, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, because I'm very open to anything and everything. Like I'll go to any church, you know, at least once, you know, to kind of give it a, a try and try to see if it resonates with me. And so I think it's awesome. My my son actually went to a Jesuit high school. Oh, did he? Sacramento. <laughs> and I'm like I said, I, I didn't take him there because of necessarily the Jesuit side of things, but because I thought the opportunities and the networking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the religious side of things, if he wanted to take that on and that resonated with him, then awesome. But for me, it wasn't like, you know, he's like, hey, I'm not really like going to probably go get a Jesuit tattoo. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool too, right? I mean, it's like, hey, you know, so be it. I, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know? So maybe one day, maybe one day. We'll get maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. And then, so you graduated with, what was it like, a, um, was it English degree? Yeah, I have an English degree with a creative writing bent and also a minor in statistics. So, hello, look at, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. use your full brain. Like some people just use parts of it. You're like, I'm going to go all in. I can't even spell statistics. Like if I just, I'm like, it's actually okay. really, it's harder to say than to spell statistics. I remember, so I did take statistics. There was, and I can't even say it, but there was a guy, I remember looking it up because I was like, I've got to find the teacher that like is easy <laughs> because I just knew that we were, there was going to be a challenge. I'll just be extremely honest. And so there was a group of us, there was a, a there was a, a city, it's called Auburn and it's about 45 minutes yeah. from here. But we were like, hey, it's about 45 minutes, but we can all carpool up there. And we went up there and it was, God, what was his name? I can't remember his name. Phenomenal teacher. And just really, it not only was, and he wasn't that easy necessarily, but just the way that he taught things was like, it was, he made it like almost simple, kind of simple, you know, yeah. right. But just would blow us away with just things. He would like, Hey, you know, people would ask me to look at this and look at this and I would go do this and I'd charge him for 15 hours. But really it's just this equation. You plug in like four numbers and I'm like, like that would blow me away. You know I mean? And of course he's been doing it for, you know, I think like 800 years or something. Like he went to school, like, you know, Jesus or something. Like he was an old guy that just, but was brilliant. And I remember thinking, huh. really amazing. So it really did. I mean, I did get a good grade in the class, but I think it was also because he was a great instructor and great. Yeah. pulled yeah. me in. And, and stats is something that's like, God, I think if you really get stats, it's like, 
it's kind of a trip. I mean, just what yeah. you can do with it is just kind of yeah. incredible with the numbers and stuff like that. So fun fact. Yes, yes, yes. I never include this in my journey of coming east, but I went to high school for a year and a half in Auburn. What? No, you didn't. <laughs> yes. You're like, oh yeah, Auburn. And I was like, wow, she knows about Auburn. Like, And nobody ever knows where it is. So I never, I was only there for a year and a half. So I never included in the journey, but yeah, I was there for a year you and were a half. Little, so you were close to the Sacramento area then? Yeah. That is too funny. Yeah, because you said, oh, yeah, Auburn. And I was like, wow, she really resonated with the Auburn thing. I was like, that's weird because nobody knows about Auburn. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So you went to Auburn. Yeah, okay. There we go. So was that from Utah over or was it when you were growing up? Yeah, we went Utah over and then I went... I went on to Auburn. I mean, shout out to Auburn. Look at this. Jeannie's in the house from Auburn. I mean, who knew? <laughs> That's too funny. Well, how did you, okay, so after your journeys and your travels and everything, how did you get in the digital space? Obviously, you had a background in English. How did that, <laughs> I mean, like the digital, like almost PR space, right? So how did that transition happen? Well, the truth of the matter is that I was going to go to law school. I really wanted to be a sports agent. Mm-hmm. Still could do that, I guess. I know. But my mom got really sick and I kind of had to get a job and she's fine now. And it was, you know, flip, but a friend of mine said, Hey, I just interviewed for this account coordinator job at this agency. Would that be of interest to you? And I was like, the job. Yes. So I got this account coordinator job at this agency and just, I ended up loving it and I worked my way up and ended up starting my own. And here we are. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy the journeys because it's like, I mean, this because it wasn't even on, this wasn't even a possibility when we were going to school. No. I was going to school. Like, nobody I said, know hey, public relations. What? What? Yeah. yeah. Public relations. Yeah. You want to be, you know, digital marketing. You're like, digital? Like, what do you mean digital? Like, yeah. like A-track? Like, I'm so confused on how this is going to work. <laughs> Cassette tape? Yeah, exactly. Like, a fax? Like, I don't even know how we would talk through facts. This is crazy how this is going to work in the future. And then you end up starting what spin sucks, right? And you started that, what, mm-hmm. 2012? No, 2006. I was just thinking Wednesday is our 13-year anniversary. Wow, look at that. Yeah. So how did, what made you start a blog, I mean, in 2006 when like people were still using like notebooks and stuff? Like, I mean, how did, I mean, what, what, what made you think, you know what, I'm going to start this thing called a blog because I don't even think they were called blogs. It was just like, just no, and, and that WordPress didn't even, WordPress may have existed, but it wasn't a, it wasn't something everybody used yet. I think we were on TypePad, I think, mm-hmm. but it really was, it was one of those things that we saw coming and we were like, is this something that we should be paying attention to? Is it something that we can sell the clients? Can we put it in our toolbox? So we started it just to figure out how it worked, yeah. really. And then there you guys go. I mean, so it's been 13 years. God, that's crazy. I don't know why. That crazy? Oh yeah, that's nuts. I mean, so you guys, there ha- couldn't have been, I mean, there wasn't a lot of people talking about PR or anything in the digital space at that time at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, we were definitely in the right place at the right time for sure. Yeah. I think there was one other person in our space at that point, maybe two, mm. but yeah, no, hardly anybody. <laughs> Can you imagine starting something? You're like, there's only one or two people. I mean, now it's like PR. It's like, now it's kind of everybody's involved. Pretty somewhere. much everybody. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> other right. So we were yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then how has it evolved? I mean, because you've obviously in the beginning, you know, like anything else. I know I, I, I always joke around about my website because I've, I've had it since. Well, I mean, I've been blogging for about eight years. And my first two years, my articles are absolutely awful. Terrible. Like awful is yes. not even the word. Like awful would have been somewhat okay for me. Like I read them. I'm like, oh my God. Like I've shown them 
I always joke around about this. I teach at UCLA. I show them to my students as an example of like, hey, you have to get started somewhere. And it, it's a travesty. Like they read that and they go, really? Like you're teaching us? And I'm like, I got in somehow. <laughs> somehow I snuck in, guys. Sorry. Don't, don't <laughs> no, I don't know I, how this happened. <laughs> I will be your final. You're, like I'm the one who does the grades. So don't be an ass because I'm here and I'm listening and I'm judging. So just so you know. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, obviously I'm sure the blog is, is you know, is done a thousand different things, but I mean, how has it changed? It was in the beginning, it was just writing some articles and now you're guys writing with more intent. Or oh, like, what's... It's completely evolved. In the beginning, it was every one of us took turns. And I think at the time there were, I don't know, 25 or 26 of us. And so, you know, you only heard from me once every five weeks and you also heard from the intern and there was, there was no editor, there were no images, there was no SEO, there were no links. It was awful. And the reason I know this is because I actually just wrote the blog post for our anniversary later this week mm -hmm. and I always republish the first one. Mm. There's an asterisk in there that talks about some pest control guy. I don't know why. It's not relevant to what we're talking about at all. It's so random. Yeah, I, it's terrible. But like anything else you guys, I mean, I, we've, this is the common theme in every podcast that I've done. It's like, but you started, right? And it's like now right. we're today, right. it's like you guys have obviously phenomenal traction. You guys have been named, I saw, I don't know, five different huge companies that were called you guys originators and this and one of the original blogs. So, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal to have, right? To be able to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy how it changes over time, but like anything oh, else. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we always joke like that. I have a friend who said to me just the other day, wow, your writing's gotten a lot better in the last five years. And I was like, because it's not me. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, okay. I know. I don't know was how to it bad that. five years ago? I don't think it was yeah. that bad. Five I've gotten the same compliments and I'm like, you know why? It's because I'm not writing anymore. It's just, oh. how about that for, how about that it's for not me to swallow? Yeah. It's because I got kicked off my own team. So how about that? Because they no longer let you write in crayon, I guess, on your blog. So Bummer. it happens. It happens. It does happen. You're right. It does. Yeah. And then, so how did you guys spin off? So you've been doing so your actual companies. What is it? Is it Armit? Armit Dietrich. Yep. Dietrich. <clears throat> and you guys have been around, what, 14 years plus, right? Yeah. And then, so that was the actual agency. And then your blog or website was pretty much spin sucks. So did you guys have two different websites? Yeah. No, we had two, two different websites. So we had the agency and then we had the blog. And it really was just a blog in the beginning. And certainly it was was it did things that I just never in my wildest dreams imagined. And it afforded me to write, to write two books and all sorts of speaking engagements. I've been all over the world speaking and it's, it's allowed us to really cur to really fuel my passion, which is writing, which is great, but it's also now become its own business with its own PNL and its own business strategy and its own team and all that kind of stuff. So there is with that comes its challenges as well, but it definitely just started as Hey, this is interesting. People are starting to talk about this. Is this something we should offer to clients? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and that's awesome when that happens, right? When it finally starts to be like, wow, I'm glad I did that because now I'm speaking and doing this and doing that. Yeah. And then people see you. And I, I've talked about this in the past. Is like the, the way I got my job at UCLA was not because I applied for a position. It's because they read my content and seen me everywhere and said, hey, he's talking about what we are looking right. for in regards to an instructor. So, you know, right. because of that content, people go, oh, does content work? And is it a long-term strategy? And what do you do? And how do you do it? I mean, it does. Like for me, it's all my stuff. And I'm sure probably the same with you. A lot of it's inbound, right? Because of the content. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can't yeah. go wrong with that once you create it, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a long-term play. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, just about like, you know, the different things that you've done in regards to your content strategy for probably for both companies, because you have two companies, right? They're kind of mm -hmm. separate ones, but I'm sure there's some overlap there. 
But maybe let, let's talk about that. So what do you think in regards to like, you know, when you talk about content marketing strategies for both of the companies, what have you guys done to implement that for? I mean, what was kind of like maybe the beginning strategy and then later on, I mean, I know it's evolved a lot, changed, but like, what are you guys doing today in regards to the two different companies and what are the content strategy you have for both? You know, for Spin Sucks, it's pretty... What's the word I want? It's pretty strategic. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it that'll work. It's pretty strategic. We're really smart about, you know, getting people into the funnel and pushing them through in the right ways. What's interesting about it is, and I call it the pretty girl syndrome. It's the, oh, she's the most popular girl, girl at school. So clearly she's already been asked to the prom. So I'm not going to ask her. And so it's been really interesting in the last couple of years to watch that phenomenon happen because people just assume that either they're too small for us to work with them or they don't have the right budget or we're too busy. And so from a business de- development standpoint on the agency side, they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm sure you're too busy. But I have grandiose plans of building this gigantic profitable business and nobody's hiring us because they're making an assumption that may or may not be true. And so it's from that perspective, we've had to kind of curb some of the content Mm -hmm. so that that awareness and that perception changes a little bit that we aren't almost too big for our britches. So people can still ask you to the dance. Is that what yeah. I'm, is that I, I want to go to prom? Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to prom? Maybe with multiple dates at this point, but let's not judge. The point is, is I'm available. <laughs> I did grow up in Utah. <laughs> Hello, the jokes are coming. I wasn't going to say that. I was like, listen. I mean, that's, I'm open to, you know, polygamy. I, I love my wife. I had two wives. I would pray for them because there's only one me, which I don't know if that's good. Probably not a good Well, thing. and I feel like multiple women, it would be really hard on a man. I feel like that's... Well, I think it's just, I think it'd be confusing all around. Like, it, you know, it's like, I'm going to be with Helen from Tuesday to Wednesday and Thursday, and then I'm going to be with you on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, I'm going to be looking for a new wife. It's like, sounds good to me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, hold on, wait, what? What's going on? Like, my wife would be like, yeah. I got an idea. Why don't you just be with Helen full time? How about that? Right. Like, oh, wait, no, no, exactly I was, right. Yeah. I was, exactly. I, I was just kidding. No, hold me. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't want to cry again. Yeah. That's. Anyways, we don't need to go heavy into polygamy right now, but maybe offline we'll talk more about polygamy sure. and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, what are some of the things in regards to like businesses? I mean, I think about you know most businesses that want to jump into content marketing, and obviously it's a longer term play. Like, what would be like? What are some of the major benefits that you guys have seen as a company? And maybe same thing with your clients. Like, what are some of the the big wins that you see with, with content marketing? There are a couple of things. And, you know, because I'm a communicator by trade, I see this a lot. But when you want to have, when you want to work with influencers or journalists or other bloggers, it's almost impossible to do that if you don't have some sort of online presence from a content and social perspective. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we look at, especially when we're working, we're starting to do new work with a client is, you know, what is your online presence and does it need to be beefed up because your competitors are here, 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 and here, and you're not, and that gives them more credibility, whether or not it's deserved or, but that's just the perception. So, you know, you really have to look at it from that perspective because most people need to see that social proof. They need to see, and that goes across the board. It goes from, you know, the Wall Street Journal journalist to your influencers in your space to the trade publications. They need to see that you have some credibility and having an online presence does that. Yeah, some traction, right? I mean, that's once again, like you kind of, like it doesn't mean that you're the most popular kid in school, but at least you're on the radar, right? So people right, are right. stuff. Yeah. 
we have that with some clients where it's like, they're like, Hey, we want to go talk with influencers do this. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have a social media presence. Like they're going to, the first thing they're going to do is like, you're pitching a product we want to sell on Instagram. You don't have an Instagram, great Instagram profile. They're going to look at them and go, why would I represent you guys? Like, I mean, the, the, you have to have something. So what kind of foundation do you have? And what do we need to do to either grow that foundation to be able to get it to a point? Now we can start pitching people or, Hey, you have a great foundation. we got to tighten a few things up and then we can, you know, start to get people to start writing about you and chatting about you. Unless you're the fire festival and you have $250,000 for one Instagram post, in which case most influencers will overlook it. Yeah. I mean, that's, we all have cash like that, that we want to spend on that. I do. Yes. So, you know, it's funny about that whole thing. And I, cause I get interviewed with other podcasts and I keep telling people with the influencer marketing thing, because I'm, I'm, that's where a lot of people see me. That's like the class I teach at UCLA. And so it's, you know, sure. the influencer space, but it's funny. So everybody's like, Oh, the Fry Festival, and we're kind of going to this. And I go, you think about the Fry Festival. You have to realize that it works. Like it's not the influence, like influencers move the needle. Now, the problem was is logistics and that you're on an island and there was, you know, there was right. guys that were running, right. they didn't know what they were doing. But right. like really influencer marketing work, like it made people go buy $10,000 tickets. Like to yeah. me, it works, right? So yes. just there was logistics of it that I think that we needed to probably to reevaluate. But at the end of the day, it did work. And of course, it's, I mean, it's like, oh, you got to watch out for influencers because you never know what they might promote. And it's like, oh, shoot, we got to be careful. And they might have fake followers. We don't even know. It's a travesty. Like it's like you know, all these kids going after other kids with fake followers. Like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, now we're all dancing to Elvis Presley. Like, God damn, you know, this is like, this is like the problem of the 60s. Like, this is like, oh, fake followers. Thing. And these That's the best quote. They're everywhere. And they're having, you know, they're having kids and now they're buying tickets. And we don't know what's going Ugh. on with kids. Anyway, it's like Shane and Garage Sales. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, really, just just breathe. We're going to figure it out. Like, I'm sure we'll be able to pull through. Yeah. In the end, I'm pretty sure. As an aside, did you see that the influencers are being sued? Oh, really? By the bankruptcy courts. Oh, really? Like the trustees going after them because they said you guys are, because you guys did the marketing. That's interesting to me because it's like, well, I mean, that's like if I advertised in a local newspaper and we went down, does that mean you're going to sue the local newspaper? Right, right. I I don't necessarily know that they're they'll get anything, but let me tell you this. I actually been through bankruptcy. So unfortunately I know a lot about this. The reason why the trustee is going after the influencers is because they feel like there's some money there. Trustees only go where there's money, right? So if they, if, if it was me, the influencer, Shane Barker, the influencer out of Sacramento, and they'd be like, he has like $20 to his name. Like why, why would we go after Shane? Right. No, actually right. I had a garage sale. I have $45 to my name. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have disclosed that because now they're going to come after me. But the point being is like, if there's, they think there's money there, right. Then they feel like there's, there's some responsibility, but really I don't think there's any fiduciary responsibility of an influencer that marks got paid. Right. Right. Because it's like, the idea is I just talked about it. As long as you're not deceiving people, you're saying this is what the event, I mean, because the problem is, is they tell you what the event's going to be and how do you promote an event without, if the event already happened, you can go, yeah, we should have went. It was great. But when you, it hasn't happened, like, how do you know they're going to do the, what they're supposed to do? on their side right yes i agree with you it's a hard one but i i do get that you know they feel like people might have been taken advantage of maybe they didn't disclose that they were being paid that's another right that's like ftc mm-hmm. that's another the deal FTC like, stuff, yeah. yeah that's a tr- i mean a trustee going after that and maybe that's a to scare people who knows i mean I, we'll see if they get any money from that but i highly doubt that would be feasible but the trustee once again is going to they go after every penny and kind of see how it all plays out yeah. you have money yeah. they're going to come after you so I know. Fascinating. Good luck, influencers. (laughs) Get an attorney. Just kidding. (laughs) Maybe I'm not kidding. So what are three softwares or apps or that you can't live without? Like, what are your three favorite? I mean, there's just three or maybe there's 13. I don't know. But is there like three that you're like, God, if this these shut down tomorrow, I would be. Um, Co-schedule is one. Can't live without it. Pinterest. Oh, here we go. I mean, I 
I'm I a feel like I probably live without it, but it would be really bad. What's a third one? You know, I just started using calendar.com about a week ago and it gives you the analytics of where you're spending your time. So it, it can show you how much time you're spending on meetings, who they're with, who's, who's taking up all of your time. People-wise, it shows you how much time you spend in meetings in a certain week or month or you know however, how many meetings you've had, most attended meetings, attended meeting lengths. So I don't necessarily know that I can live with, could probably live without this right now, but the data that I'm collecting about myself and where I need to learn to say no is pretty compelling. Yeah, because then you can find where the emotional vampires are at, the people that just want to yeah. have meetings to have meetings. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's and it's just, is that calendar.com you said? Yeah, calendar.com. I have to check that out. Yeah, I, I'm infamous at meeting after meeting and not saying no to meetings. And then all of a sudden I've got like 19 meetings and I'm like, what did I get out of 14 of those meetings? Like other than Correct. people, you know, asking for this or asking for that or pitching me or something. And I'm like, yes. I have to be like a value my time more. You know, yeah. I mean, there's points where you kind of look at that. And I think it, it ebbs and flows, right? There's sometimes I'm like super on sure. it. No, you sure. know, yeah. be my time. There's other times I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, it's usually I get sucked into somebody that, you know, it's like a nonprofit or something. I'm like, oh, at least I can help them send them in the right direction. Or, yeah. so, you know, if you have a, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but if anybody's like a, doing a GoFundMe for a, a kid has cancer or something, like I'm losing my marbles over that kind of stuff. I'm like, let me see what I can help. You're like, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. Hold I was me. by hippies. I'm like, what do you want from me? Let's just <laughs> hug it out and figure it out. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe that, someone could donate an ambulance to me. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah, I could just drive around and collect the cash in my ambulance, <laughs> my uncomfortable bed in the back. Without a toilet. Yeah, exactly. That's what I definitely, you definitely <laughs> fly around in an ambulance picking up money for kids. That sounds a little, that might be borderline suspect. I would. It might I, be. Yeah. I'd actually call the cops on myself if I was to do we that. We might like, want to position that differently. Yeah, because that's going to be super hairy. Like that's going to be like weird guy, red beard, going around picking up money for kids. Like I just doesn't. PR yeah. Potential yeah, PR let's, nightmare. Let's, let's think about how to position that differently. We, we should probably, yeah, we should, like, probably not have Shane in the ambulance. Probably is probably a good start. Probably separate <laughs> two, like two bad kids in elementary school. But so what? We're going to, here we go. Marketing. I know. Guess. You can't help it. You I did. It. I, that's the reason I changed the name because you just, you never know. But in regards to content marketing, what are like, are there like three companies that you think are like crushing it when it comes to like their initiatives or their campaigns they put out? Is there anybody you look at like, you wake up on a Monday morning, you look at their stuff and you're like, ah, look at you, Nestle. I see what you're doing. You know, is there any, or even it doesn't have to be big companies. I mean, I always like to talk about some smaller companies or medium size as well. Obviously the big companies have big budgets and big this and big that. Is there anybody that you can think of that like you're, you've been impressed with their content? Well, I personally love what Wendy's is doing. And I think that, that it's less strategic and more about the people behind it, which is kind of a bummer because if anybody leaves, then that changes. But I think what they're doing is phenomenal. Buffer, I love what they do. Everything they do, I love. And Jay Bear, as much as I love him, every time I see him, I'm like, how, how, how are you? He, there's just more all the time. There's something more and it's always good. And it's like, how are you doing this? How? Yeah. So I'm going to answer something. So Wendy's, you're talking about the, how they're always talking trash. Yeah. I mean, it is hilarious. Like that definitely is one individual, right? I don't think that, yeah. you know, it's yeah. funny. So the Sacramento Kings have also started to do that too. Like you'll see like on the, have they? yeah, just like talking trash about the other team. And then they'll like put up these funny <laughs> things and it's hilarious. Like you, and then, and then they're actually talking trash to some of the people on the thing, which is interesting. 
interesting because you know some people are like oh don't you know don't just make sure everything's on the up and up and be smiling and everything but wendy's like when they were going after like i mean they went after everybody mcdonald's kind of everybody, yeah. and it was hilarious because you know you get these eyeballs and you're like dude that's pretty funny actually yeah and i think yeah. i think it probably is one person right which they're probably paying them way too much for that position at this point so like please don't leave like you are like the face of our social media yeah, yeah. a little scary but that's exciting so you had the Wendy's thing and she said buffer. So I, I've always liked buffer. So I think they do a phenomenal job and shout out to them for like not increasing their prices. I think, what are they still like seven bucks or something? Like, I don't know yes. how, how they stay alive, but awesome. And then Jay Bear. So I just saw Jay. I was at um, Connex in Toronto, maybe. Two oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he was out there. And so I was uh, chatting with him a little bit. He was putting on a little workshop. But yeah, he does seem to like consistently. I mean, I'm sure. All you know, the time. She's got a solid team, right? So, I mean, of course he does. That he's not brilliant, solid. but it's like. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why don't you give somebody else a chance, dude, and quit hogging right. it? You know? <laughs> quit hogging all the great ideas. Yeah. Why don't she's like the guy that comes to the garage show and wants, grabs everything, gets a great price, and you're like, wait a Here's my list of all the things that I'm going to do before you. Like, oh, cool. Thanks. I just, thanks for giving it to me before you did it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. Appreciate that. Awesome. So, good old Jay. Shout out to Jay. And then, so I'm trying to think, like, what are the things that inspire you? Like, when it comes to, because obviously you're a writer, right? And that's your background is in writing and yep. you're having the PR space. You got your blog. Like, is, what inspires you? Like, what are the things that, that get you out of bed? Like, what are the things that get you going in the morning? From a business perspective, I have a pretty big vision for what we want to do with the PR industry on the Spin Suck side. And we are really, we, we have some great clients on the Spin Suck side, and we're really helping people grow their businesses. And spending time with them and watching them put some of our recommendations into play and, and having great success mm. is so rewarding. It's, and it's so fun because you're working with your peers and you're holding them accountable to the things they say that they're going to do. And it's just amazing to watch them grow and move and move out of their comfort zones. I had a conversation with a client earlier today and she's like, I'm so uncomfortable. This is, I'm trusting your process, but this is so uncomfortable. And I said, good, you're going to have success. And it's just fun to watch that. It's really fun. So is that like, and do you have, you know, cause obviously we are going to touch on this, the marketing in the round, right? That was a book that you, that you've written, that you co-authored. Is that where you talk about some of the successes that you've seen with some of your clients? Cause I know that we've had, I've had a few people actually recommend your book to me and talking about it being more of like a senior level, senior level mm -hmm. marketing type, you know, like mm -hmm. a read that probably something mm -hmm. I should take a look at. Do you have a, like, tell me a little bit about the book and does it, do you have some of the, the testimonials from clients or things you've done with clients or what is the premise of the book? The whole idea behind marketing in the round was to break down the silos. And it's really interesting because we see this come in cycles where when the economy is really good, everybody works together and everybody tells each other what's happening on, inside the organization. Marketing works really well with communications, works really well with HR and, and legal. You know, they all work together really well. And then when we start to see the, the economy tighten, we start to see that people start to hold on to the information and their fiefdoms because they're afraid that if they share information, they'll lose their job because they're not the only ones who can do it. Hmm. Yeah. So the whole genesis of it is to break those silos down, especially in down economies, because you're all successful together better than on your own. But it's it's been funny. I think that book was published in 2012. So in the last seven years, just seeing 
organizations put the the philosophy and theories into play and seeing how it works both in great economies and down economies has been really interesting to watch. And you've actually, you have a new, I mean, a new or a newer book from that one, and it's actually called Spin Sucks. It is, yeah. Right. So what is the premise behind that book? What was the reasoning for that? Well, that's it was the book I always wanted to write. So the first book I co-authored, and it really gave me the understanding of how the publishing cycle worked and, you know, built a relationship with the publisher and all that and held me accountable to deadlines. But Spin Sucks really talks, and it desperately needs to be updated, but it really talks about the things that we think we have to do to get, build awareness and get attention and things like using sex to sell or black hat SEO or things like that that happen, but that's not how you get ahead. Yeah, you might get some fast wins, but it's not a long-term play. And that's what, that's the, it, really it's a, it's an ethical look at how not just communications, but marketing is done and what works and what doesn't. Gotcha. So you tell me sex doesn't sell anymore? Because I've, I've been... I've it been... does if you're selling sex. Oh, so all the books... Oh, that's interesting because all my books, they have... Well, never mind. We won't go heavy into all the books that I buy. But I'm going to be buying your book here soon, especially if it talks about sex that sells because I, I, <laughs> I need to quit buying those books. I guess that's what I'm saying. This is part of the counseling stuff that we talked about earlier. I, right. I, feel, I, I already feel better. <laughs> and then you're also a co-host of the Inside PR and yeah. what do you guys do? So that's obviously the <laughs> weekly podcast and communication and things you got going on there. So how long has that been around? You guys been there for a while, huh? Oh, I've lost count. It's It's been a while. Yeah. Six, seven, I don't know, a long time. So you, so this is the thing. I feel like people need to like follow you more because you seem to do stuff before other people do stuff. And I know you think Jay's ahead and whatever, but I do, I mean, cause you're like, oh, we started a website in, you know, 1923 and you're like, we <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> we did a podcast. I mean, well, you're, you're, yeah, your grandmother did. And then you took it over obviously, but great, great grandmother. We'll, we'll give you, get you a little younger. But so what, like with the inside PR, like you guys did that six years ago. Like I started interviewing people for my podcast. We joke around about this, but this is the truth. It was either August or October of last year. And we just launched in July. So you do the math there. I took a little bit of motivation. Like we talk about books. You, you said, though, you really keep you on like, you know, on a certain timeline or whatever on, on deadlines. I've been trying to write my book with Crayon for I don't know how long. And they've just given up. They're like, you know what? I don't even know why we even engaged this guy. I mean, we thought that he knew what he was doing. And the book thing has just been a whole nother conversation. But it is. It is. It's a beast. Like it really is a beast. And it I, is. you know, anyways, we'll, I'll cry on my microphone later about that too. But, but you guys started the podcast six years ago. I mean, there wasn't a lot of podcasts there. I mean, we've had major traction in the last few years. I think people, you know, said, hey, this is awesome. You can really listen to anything. You can listen to people who talk about their expertise of 10 years and learn it in a pod, in theory, they learn it in a podcast or at least become, get more knowledge from that. Um, why did you guys start the podcast? You know, it's funny. The, the podcast actually existed before the three of us. I want to say they started it maybe 15 years ago. And the original co-hosts of it were kind of tired of it. And so they handed the reins over to two Canadians, Joe Thornley and Martin Waxman. And then they wanted not just a female voice, but an American. So they invited me. And so I think it's been at least that long, six or seven years. But I will tell you that I was at Content Marketing World two years ago, and I met the chief marketing officer from Libsyn. And he said to me, you know, I know that you're a co-host of a podcast, but less than 1% of podcast hosts are women. So you should really think about that. So that was two years ago. We launched Spin Sucks, the podcast a, a year ago, a year ago. So it took me that long to... <laughs> it's crazy. Like I... Yeah. I mean, it's because you have other stuff going on, right? I mean, it's sure. not like you're just sitting yeah. in the house watching TV. You're like, what am I supposed to do? Today? Like, I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, you know, yeah. But, a podcast yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, that's awesome. One less than one percent are female have female uh, hosts. Uh, or I mean, female yeah. um, hosts. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I would have never. Crazy. That. Yeah. So you're breaking through once again. That's awesome. I was like, oh, as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay. I'm, and yes. yeah, time to increase those numbers, sister, right? <laughs> kind of moving on up like Georgia. We yep. just, well, cool. So how do you, and we've already kind of talked about content, a little bit about your personal stuff, but how do you spend your weekends? Like if there was like, what, what hobbies do you enjoy? I mean, obviously you were grew up in Utah, which is, you know, outdoorsy and, and super awesome. And now you're in Chicago, super warm right now, right? You guys are like in 60s, or oh, 70s, which is why we're shooting for Chicago. It's amazing. Yeah. What do you, how do you spend your weekends? What do you do on your weekends? Um, I'm a cyclist. I race. So, I mean, obviously I have a six-year-old too, so that takes a lot of my time, but yeah, I, I race my bicycle. That's awesome. And so do you travel around and do that or is it mainly just kind of somewhat local? You know, before she arrived, I did travel quite a bit. I mostly just live to the local stuff now. Nice. Yeah. My wife's brother, Don, he, uh, not yeah, Don, you must know him. I'm sure. Oh, that's right. so <laughs> I do you know him. Don from Reno? <laughs> of course I know yeah, him. I totally know him. No, he was riding for Audi for a little bit and he was, they were doing some No work. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. He got. Wow. Yeah, he I was, wasn't that good. He was, well, he's, shout out to Don, but I don't know if Don's that good. I think he's just a good mouthpiece. No, actually, he is pretty, he's a big boy, which is kind of crazy. Is he? Cycling, you yeah. Know, the smaller guys, and he's, yeah. you know, you see him up on the podium, and the two guys next to him look like his two kids or something, you know, and he's like this big giant. He's like 6'2 or 6'3 or something. He's just, he used to be a rugby wow. player, and he's very, <laughs> like, he, he goes all in with anything he does in life, and uh, cycling was one of those things that he really, really kind of took a liking to, and he, you know, wake up at whatever time to yeah. wake up to train at 4 30 or whatever it was yeah. for three hours and yeah he was a beast he was a beast but he loved it man he, does he not ride anymore no he just don't really do it that much i mean just skiing and some stuff like but he get, he's getting a little older right so i mean he went from rugby real physical to you know cycling mm -hmm. but cycling you know as you know it's like it's you can i mean i've seen he's fallen many a times you know you're getting those yes. little close little things People yes. think, oh, you just cycle. It's like, no, like people yeah. are vying to get ahead of you, right? And mistakes Elbows happen. out. Yep. Yeah, elbows mm -hmm. out. And, you know, he would explain to us, oh, you got to catch somebody else's wind. And then this point you do this and you, your team flows yep. your head and does this. And I'm like, yeah. you know, we just, as, as, you know, retarded people, we just stare at it and go, oh, that's, that's kind of <laughs> crazy. But there's like so much strategy that goes into that, right? It's like, it's kind of, it kind of blew my mind, but, and dangerous. Yeah. It's it is dangerous. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I curbed it back too, because I didn't want to leave my small child without a mother because yeah. of my passion. Well, yeah. and that's very, very big of you. Cause there's some people that are like, you know, I have no problem with leaving my child without a mother, you know, and that's <laughs> nice that you were, you thought, you know what, how can I make it so that I can take care of my children? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to be around yeah. for and yeah. small goals. That's good. So do you do a lot of traveling? I used to, but last year, I said, I can't do this anymore because, you know, she started kindergarten and it just, it's too hard. My husband travels. It was just too much. So yeah. I think I've done four speaking engagements this year is all. Okay. That's not too bad. And then no, where, it's not bad at all. where are some of your favorite travel destinations? I mean, like, obviously you've been a lot of different places. Is there any place you're like, oh my God, I went to here and I loved it. Amsterdam. Oh Amsterdam. man. Amsterdam uh, is. It's amazing. Like Bondle Park, the little wooden bikes that you, you go around everywhere and oh yeah it's a great great city i love it love actually it, my first it. tattoo and i only have one tattoo so that tells you my first Your and last tattoo. was actually in amsterdam it was a, a guy that used to do tattoos for a lot of the famous artists and stuff oh what was his name god i can't remember it was a long i mean this was many moons ago anyways yeah my first first and last tattoo in amsterdam shout out to amsterdam that was a good time fun city for sure so okay so this is my last question for you because we're, we're getting down to the end of this thing and this is the hard part because this is, has to end i know that we're having a good time and everything 
if I was to give you a credit card, let's say for $50,000, and this is free money, this is, I mean, it's a credit card, so it does sound like you'd have to pay it back. So let me give you cash. Sure. I'll give you 50 grand okay. cash because that's what right. kind of podcast host I am. What would you do with that 50000 Like, if you were like, you know what, I know exactly what I do. Is it, would you buy a new bike? Would you take your husband and your daughter on vacation? Would you go on a vacation by yourself? Would you buy me an ambulance? There's a lot of options here. Oh, no pressure. Yeah. I think I would buy you an ambulance, but I'd put a toilet in there for your wife. And now you're a giver. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I would do for sure. You should probably drive it because any, I mean, I feel like I'm awesome. Not, Good. Yeah. Yes. I just got myself a job then. I, awesome. You're hired. You not Done. only gave me the ambulance, but now I'll make you the driver. You're like, this is really like my birthday. I feel like it's like, it's like, I going, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like when I bought my wife a vacuum on her birthday, she was like, <laughs> this is awesome. So is this for me to use or for you to use? And I'm like, I can use, we can, we should, uh, let me get you another press because I didn't <laughs> run out too far. I mean, it's like you buy me the ambulance, I'll pay for it, Shane, and then like, and you get a drive. Well, the gift just keeps on giving. Thank you keeps so much giving. for giving me that opportunity. Are you going to pay me or is it going to be just volunteer, Shane, since you seem to be- well, so I mean, I assume that I'll be paid to drive. So now I, I'm like- I would hope so. I mean, that's, I'm not win. cheap. <laughs> I mean, I'm not real smart, but I'm not cheap. Well, cool. This has been, once again- I, I mean, it, this sucks that we had to wait months for this this moment. I know, and it literally took months. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are, like two angels with wings. So if anybody needs to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact with you? What's a good way? I mean, I know you've got like 19 businesses going, but what's what are we got? Spin sucks and, and your and your Spinsucks.com is e the easiest. That's it, spinsucks.com. Just go contact us and that will get to yeah, you. And Awesome. Well, Jeannie, you've been, a, you've been an absolute Jeannie, angel. This was amazing. It this was. Was. This was I all this I thought week. it was going to be. And we can. I mean, once we get in that ambulance, we can just, we'll do a live simulcast. We'll do live every week. Awesome. Yeah. Tell your husband, I'll let my wife know that we're going to bring up the family and get them in the ambulance and start traveling. Perfect. All right. Awesome. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Right, we'll talk soon.